Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 297 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's episode of Ask Scott and Jenny is brought to you by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. This is the blood glucose meter that Arden has been using for coming up on getting closer to a year and a half now. Absolutely fantastic. Wonderful, actually. Let me tell you why. First and foremost, in my mind, the Contour Next One has remarkably accurate testing. Demonstrated proven accuracy with the Contour Next One meter and Contour Next test strips tell us that the smallest error range demonstrated by the Contour Next One meter system was determined to be 95% of results met, right? That's like plus 8.4 milligrams per deciliter or plus or minus. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of information here. Hold on a second. Wow. I might not be smart enough to tell you about this. I'm reading it, and I'm not sure if I'm smart enough to... <laughs> Hold on a second. Anyway, the thing's really, really accurate. But Contour Next One wants you to know that... All right, I'm going to read it again. Meter system was determined to be 95% of results met, plus or minus 8.4 mega... Boy, hold on a second. Versus reference for glucose values under 100 milliliters per deciliter or above 100, but that's respectively for subject fingers testing. There's a... All right, listen, I think here's what you're going to need to do. Go to contournextone.com. Read it for yourself. See if you have better reading comprehension than I do. You know me. I just dumb things down. I know the Contour Next One is incredibly accurate. I've seen a lot of testing. It comes right up at the top of every chart I've ever seen. And you know what? A listener just reached out to me like 10 minutes ago. No lie. Hold on a second. Boy, this is an ad, huh? This is what the company was looking for when they threw in with me. Really concise ads like this. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> it's going to go with the episode. Hey, Linda reached out, right? She was telling me about a little bit about the podcast, asked me for somebody to come on if I could. But but in the middle of her notes said, um, let's see, what did she say? Oh, I wanted to let you know a tidbit about the Contour Next One app. So the app that goes along with the Contour Next One, it works with voiceover users on iPhone for the blind and visually impaired. Isn't that great? Thank you, Linda, for telling me that. Okay, well, Contour Next One, if, you know, there's still advertisers next week after hearing this, go to ContourNextOne.com. There's links in your show notes and at JuiceBoxPodcast.com. The meter is incredibly affordable, covered by many, many insurance companies, and Arden is just having a great experience with it, as am I. Let's put it this way. The Contour Next One is a million times better at being a blood glucose meter than I am at reading an ad about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Following that? Okay, listen, this is an Ask Scott and Jenny. I don't want to give it away, but I leave a little bit of like preamble. Jenny and I talk sometimes before you get to hear us. And Jenny brought up something about a Riley link for loop. So I left that in. I thought that was interesting. We talked a little bit about site rotations and... Uh, you know, the importance of being prepared. Uh, we will even remind you to change your smoke detectors at some point, and then we're going to get into some basal insulin talk. It's a little more deep dive, and that comes from questions from you guys. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Ask Scott and Jenny our questions directly from you, the listeners, that Jenny and I answer. Jenny, of course, is Jenny Smith, 
who works at integrateddiabetes.com. And you can always go there and check out what Jenny does. You know, you could uh, you could pay Jenny and she'll help you with your diabetes. She's uh, she's good like that. It's her job. You know what I mean? It's not like you're it's not like weird or anything like that. Uh, Jenny is a contributor to the podcast. For those of you who have not heard this before, and she's just absolutely amazing. So check her out, Jenny Smith at integrateddiabetes.com. Let's jump right in. Hey now. Hi. What happened? Your Riley Link died, died, like gone? Yeah, like this morning, 4.30 in the so my Oscar, he's got a cold and he woke up coughing this morning at like 4.30. So I went in and gave him some cough medicine, some water and whatever. And I noticed that I always have my like Riley link and my, my phone right next to my bedside table. And I noticed that my Riley link was like the green light was not solid. It was like green, green, (laughs) green. (laughs) Little blinky. Like that's not right. You're not supposed to be doing that, you know? So I turn it off, I turn it back on, and then there was no green light. And then now I have like this, like I just, I I unplugged everything to like try to plug it back in. I like did all this like trying to figure out. It's like this flashy Christmas blue-green, 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 <laughs> blue-green, blue-green. I'm like, that's not right. So I go to the website and look at, you know, like Riley Link, like errors on the Get Riley Link. And the only things that I can find seem to indicate that I have, if I have like a solid blue and it stays on, that the board might be dirty. Okay. So it says to unplug the battery clean the battery thing out. Well, I don't have like one of those little air can things <laughs> to do it with. And I don't have an old toothbrush. They've all been like in somebody's mouth in the house. <laughs> and so I'm like, screw it. I don't have time for this today. I will just use my PDM right. and figure it out later. I think I, I, I have a feeling that it's just that it's Shot. not going to work because I I took the old battery from my Medtronic Riley Link mm-hmm. and I plugged that in and I get the same response. So I have a feeling it's the Riley or that it's actually the motherboard that it's has nothing to do with the battery or the connection. I don't yeah. think something's dirty. So I don't know. I mean, I just ordered it in April, so I don't know if I should send a message to Jeremy and be like, hey. I haven't know. I've only had this like six months. Right. Would you replace it? Or if I should just go ahead and buy a whole new one? I don't know. So this is what I get for not having a backup. Well, I was going to say in a very unlike me fashion about two months ago, I just ordered another one. And I yeah. thought if I never, it's sitting right over there in a box. I thought if I never take it out of the box, I guess I don't care. Um, right. And then every time her acts a little wacky, I'm like, ah, I don't care if this breaks. I have another one. <laughs> right. Exactly. And right now it doesn't look like there are any um holdups as far as like getting another one. Yeah, I'm There's sure no, they'll get I, to you quick. So hopefully I can just get one and get up by next week again. I got a note from a woman this morning that said that she moved to uh loop because of the podcast. And then wow. begged me to do a follow-up. <laughs> She's like, I need a best practices podcast for Loop. And I was like, yeah, well, as soon as I know what the best practices are, 
I'd I'll be happy to tell one. you what they are. And I think I'm close, by the way. We are um we're in a good spot. Um right. I just finally, after a long time of trying, uh, I finally got Arden to try a different site. Okay. So the one thing that's what, what what she what she had what had she been using? Arden was thighs and she's belly cannula pointed towards her belly button. And she does not like very no from that. no 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 like you know if you said like hey you should try your arm she looks at you like you said hey you know what we should do let's shave your head and shave your head bald paint purple. a face on the back of your head and make you walk backwards right right like really looks at you weird because when she played softball when she was little and it was on her arm she could feel the pod wiggle around when she threw her arm so she got it in her head at a young age that that's not good yeah and Arden is really. For all of the amazing things that she is, every insertion of every pump is treated like it's never happened before. Even though when it's over, she's like, it doesn't hurt. It, it's she. It's hard to put into words, but as it's clicking, she just... Tenses up. Oh, my God. Until she's almost in a ball. And then when it gets to the fifth click, if it doesn't happen, she goes... <laughs> like There's a little shake. It, it's, it's, it's not funny, but... But it, it, is. it is, yeah. <laughs> so, so she's just like, it's she's just incredible. Like the Dexcom, she doesn't do the thing because there's no click. Yeah, I know that's what it is. It's her, it's her hearing the clicking, and it's ridiculous. And she knows it's ridiculous. Like if you had her here, she'd tell you, "I know it's not a real fear," but my goodness. So, yeah. so what she's done is by keeping the same couple of sites, she's a little numb to the insertion. Sure. Right. So it feels different on a new site. And but I got her to finally I mean by the by got her. I, I don't know what I, I might have like I might have thrown promised her a red yeah. Corvette yeah, or something. Just like, so she spun the pod on her belly 180 degrees. The cannula is going the other way now. And it works so much better because her yeah. her thighs were really like we we don't have used up. Oh no, I don't know. They just don't work well. Oh. Like, like, cause we try all different places. On Mine our never have. Yeah. My thighs have never worked. Yeah. So, um, better blood sugar is not on her thighs. And I told her, she's like, well, just use my belly. And I was like, yeah, but you only have two spots. And even when I say to her, like, vary it up and down, she moves it like a quarter of an inch. Right. I'm like, all right, a little farther than that, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I got her to move it finally. It was not without some, um. Uh, tense moments, but it's done now, and her blood sugars are way better. So wow! So you can speak to the benefit of rotating sites. Yes, this is going to seem disjointed, but Jenny and I jump back to talking about the Riley link for a second, and the bridge we got back to it with wasn't interesting. So this is me telling you a little more about Riley link, and then we jump into Ask Scott and Jenny. At the very least, you haven't had it that long. I haven't, and that's yeah. the thing. I mean, if I had had it like two years, I, I wouldn't even ask. I would just order a new one, but I haven't had it for very long, and I feel like I should. I mean, my other one, the one that I have had for Medtronic, the battery still works. Yeah. I can still turn it on. It still connects. It works perfectly, and I never replaced that one. So, And I've not done anything different. Like I, I'm not like cleaning out attic spaces with whole bunches of dust in my Riley link Throwing being like, collect anything. all the dust yeah. you can. Yeah, you know, I it's like sometimes stuff. it just stops working. I actually, you know, on we had a 
a smoke detector that started like chirping. And I just was like, you know what? That thing's seven years old. Like I just threw it out and put another one up. You know, it was they actually me- recommend replacing them every three years. Yeah. So I had just done a bunch of the other ones in the house, but these, there were these two that were like, they were, they were going strong. And I was like, I'm riding these out. And then when they started, because you know, as an adult, what's the worst thing is to spend money on stuff like that. Right. Like, I always tell people the worst part about owning a house is that I once had to have a tree cut down. I had like, like there was this day that I had $1,500 in my bank account and a tree. And when the day was over, I did not have $1,500 and I did not have a tree. And that I had less than when I started. <laughs> it's not even like yeah. I had a new and improved tree or, uh, you know, brakes on my car or even one. Of, it was just one of this, like the money's gone and the thing is gone. Being an adult is terrible. Yes, uh, I mean, adulting is hard. Not fun. All right, you ready? Sure. All right. So it's hard to know where to start when there's this many. So I think the top is probably where to start. Um, I'll go with Stacy, who says pros and cons of using a temp basal increase versus a bolus. She says that she tends to do extra boluses if her son doesn't have any insulin on board, but her husband tries temp basals more often. Now, I think this is more of a situational thing, mm-hmm. you know, because th- there are moments where, and this will feed right into another question, but there are moments where I don't have time to wait for a temp basal to start working, right? right? It's a timing issue. So if it's, if it's after a meal and there's a creep, right? Like it's just like 85 becomes 89, but there's never an arrow. And then 10 minutes later, it's 93 and all that, then maybe I would be like, ooh, this is so close. Maybe I'll try to temp it for a little bit to get it away. Yeah. But if this was a diagonal up arrow and it was, you know, 115 to 121 to 130, I would think I need the more immediacy of a bolus. Correct. Um, so I think And that, that's the right way to think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's a bolus is going to go in. It's a big depot of insulin right there, right now. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still going to take some time to get absorbed. But there's a large amount of it at one time to get absorbed. The only caution to that is, especially for those who have really big boluses at a time to begin with, Mm -hmm. if you've just bolused 10 units for a meal, and now it's 30 to 40 minutes later, and you see these arrows going up, and you're going to bolus, you may in fact really not, you may not reap the benefit of an additional extra bolus to offset that on top of the large amount of insulin sitting under the skin already mm-hmm. because it's still absorbing, especially if you didn't give enough pre-bolus timing, yeah. you know, all of those other considerations. Um, so I, there, there are lots of variables mm-hmm. to both uses, I think. I think, too, it's it comes a lot down to a lot of, like, again, timing. So if you, um, if you have a... A quick rise, like you said, but it's happening 45 minutes, an hour later, and you bolus, you're so off time now that maybe you'll cut something out of that rise, but you probably most definitely make a low later. Right. Where, where, that's why I like to get as much of the insulin up front as possible, because at least right. at least when that battle happens between the carbs and the insulin, you know, you're going to know there's not a ton left over afterwards. At the end. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And that's the whole purpose of the pre-bolus as well as more of like that super bolus mm-hmm. consideration is upfront loading of insulin gets the insulin connecting with 
the sugar that it needs to connect with to get used. So in the back Jenny, end, give me a second. there's less of it. I'm sorry. I know you couldn't hear that, but oh, no, that's okay. not, I was getting a, a phone call from my doctor's office. And for some reason it came through my computer too. Um, mm. Could you repeat that? It just really wanted to reach you. I, my God, it bounced through everything I own just now. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But, but would you say that again? I'm, I apologize. No, I was just, um, I don't even know exactly. I don't remember what I just said. Uh, oh, yes. So the larger amount up front, it's, it, you know, if you, um, if you do a big bolus up front and you do it with more um, just because you see a rise or if you initially do like a pre-bolus and you're front loading or you do that super bolus concept where you're front loading with a lot of insulin with the meal as well as the basil behind it, mm-hmm. you've got more action in the beginning for the insulin to connect with the sugar and to prevent that rise so that in the back end, majority of that insulin should be kind of used up that yeah, yeah. back end impact isn't as heavy so i think the bigger response to stacy's question and by the way stacy did not get her question asked first because she bought a bunch of gear from the merch store today <laughs> it's just because hers was at the top um but but i think the answer is it seems like early on you probably had success with your bolus your husband had success with a temp basil and now you both think it's a tool that works best for you but the truth is in certain situations, it's one or the other. It, it's not right. like it's not like one. It's not like two tools that do the same thing, and you prefer one and he prefers another. I th- I think that it's they're two different things because of the timing aspect. And this rolls right into another question. Another question that I'll let you hear in just a second after I tell you again about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Okay. So I did a pretty poor job at the beginning of telling you that it's really accurate, but it's super accurate. You can go to contournextone.com to see how they figure that out. It also has something called second chance sampling. This prompts you to reapply blood if the first sample is insufficient to take a reading. It helps to avoid lancing a second time and more importantly, maybe wasting valuable test strips. Works terrific. Other top features of the meter that you can add events to your readings. You can record events such as diet, activities, medication, also add photos, notes, or voice memos to help put your results in context. Huh? Now we're talking, right? Voice memos, photos. So wait, I could take a picture of a plate? Oh, now you're getting it, right? And put it in through the app and say, this was the meal I had. This is how much insulin I used. This is what my blood sugar was when I started. Watch and see what the bolus does, how it works. Next time. You got something to lean on there. Smart alerts. You can get alerted when your blood sugar levels are at a critical high or a critical low level with the Contour Next One. It's very cool the way it does it with sort of colors and lights and everything. You'll see. You can also easily share your results with your doctor in person or before your checkup. You are getting a lot out of a tiny little meter. Accuracy, alerts, reminders, an app that you can interact with that'll actually help you with your blood sugars. And best of all, This meter is teeny tiny, but not too teeny tiny. So it's not a pain to carry and it's not a pain to use. Arden and I love it. Go to contournextone.com where the links in your show notes or the ones that you'll find at juiceboxpodcast.com. People wanted to know about how long it takes for a temp basal increase to start working. And even though I told her, I'm like, look, we've, 
I feel like we've answered this a bunch of times, but it'll it'll butt right up nicely with this question. So um, let's start with the idea of bolus insulin. And it takes whatever, 15 or 20 minutes to start working for, you know, mm-hmm. whatever your, your, your truth is, five minutes, 30 minutes. Um, that's going to, of course, vary depending on your hydration, how high your blood sugar is, like all these different ideas. So, okay, so let's just say it's 15 minutes. And that's a pretty consistent thing for you. But what if in that same scenario, my blood sugar is 95 and I suddenly do a temp basal increase? How long do I see before it starts impacting? I know you're going to say 30 minutes to an hour probably, right? Or even longer. Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, as we started with, a temp basal increase is a slower creep up in dosing an amount of of more, mm-hmm. right? Of more insulin. So as soon as you increase by using a temp basal, you do have to wait for the next pulse of basal that the pump is going to deliver out for it to incrementally adjust that up. So Mm -hmm. with the next pulse of basal that comes out, it's going to be boosted up in the temporary amount you told the pump to increase by. But that pulse then, that initial little extra pulse is still going to take time for that larger amount in it to get noticed in the circulation and to start impacting the blood sugar. Mm -hmm. So as you do a temporary basal increase, you may get more, and if I'm talking about just Omnipod in general, um, the pulses go out as 0.05 pulses, right? So the more or the higher your basal rate is over the course of a one hour time period, the more 0.05 pulses you get Mm -hmm. to deliver a a basal. So if your basal is normally at 0.0 or 0.5 or 0.6, you get 12 pulses over the course of an hour, right? If you do an increase to that 0.6 and now you're getting 1.2 units an hour, Mm -hmm. you're going to get more pulses over the course of an hour to drive that temporary increase that you've told the pump to provide to you. But it's still going to take time for each one of those pulses to get circulating as far as absorption. So it's, it's kind of hard to define exactly when you should start to see an impact. But I would say some of it's dependent if you've got a load of insulin again from a bolus sitting under and you're doing a temporary basal increase sure you might see an in you might see a change in blood sugar faster mm-hmm. especially if you're doing a really huge temporary basal increase yeah. if you're doing just this minor little temporary basal increase and you don't really have any insulin on board at all it's probably going to look like it takes a lot longer for that temp increase to make an impact. It's interesting because I think this is one of those scenarios where people really do want a concrete answer. And I don't know that there is a concrete answer. I, I, I I find that when, especially when I'm speaking and so you're in really in front of people who are, you know, really trying to figure out something new, they, there's always someone who's like, how long, how much, when, you you know, and I'm like, Hey, listen, you know, I I can, I don't know. What's the definitive cut and dry. And there is no definitive cut and dry. Exactly. How long when I do a temp basal increase while I start seeing an impact. And the truth is, you know, so situational and personal and you know, where's your site? You get a good site. You got a bad site. You got an old site, you got a new site. Like there's so much going into it. The other thing that I wanted to mention here that I find shocking and and not because I would expect people to know because anybody would tell them, 
but and I don't want to insult anybody, but it seems like a common sense thing. The amount of people who believe that a basal rate is put in once every hour, like if your basal's one unit an hour, it like that they think at like twelve o'clock you get a unit, and then one o'clock you get a unit. That if you really stop just for a second and think about it, that doesn't make any sense. But I guess it right. does if no one's ever explained it to you. Like why? Would and you unfortunately, think of it at pump training, it isn't often explained mm-hmm. how that basal rate is delivered. I think it's it's expected as an underlying under understood, but not specifically stated. You know. It's just not. It's it's not commented on, unfortunately. In fact, it kind of also relates to um, an extended bolus. Yeah. I don't know how many people I've had ask me or or kind of explain to me, well, I gave this extended bolus and I gave 50% now and then I, I did the other one in two hours. So, you know, but then I canceled it an hour later. So I didn't really get any of that that extra that I extended for two hours. I'm like, nope, that's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) As soon as you're upfront part of that, let's call it a dual wave where you get some now and some extended. Mm -hmm. As soon as you get that, your pump starts delivering in drip, 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 drip over the amount of time you told it to extend it. It's dripping in that second part of the bolus. You told it you needed longer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, if you extend a bolus, and I know this isn't to the first question, and let's just use round numbers so that it's understandable, using 10 units, and you want 50% up front and 50% over two hours, then five units goes in when you push the button, and the other five units gets broken up evenly over those extended amount of hours. It's, it's you know, it's whatever that ends up being. If it's 0.25 every 15 minutes, or I don't know what it ends up being. I'm not doing the math on it right now, but it just right. breaks it up evenly over the over the amount of time you tell it to extend it out over. And I don't know. I guess for a lot of people that's just not something that anyone's ever brought up to them and, and they can right. get confused about it. I've been talking about temp basils, um, like, you know, the idea like I, I got a message the other day and somebody's like, you know, I just realized that what Scott says about like turning off basil sometimes to catch like a, a like a a real drifting low works so well. But they were talking about that they can only do it for a certain amount of time they figured out or it'll close a high later. So it's great. They're figuring it out. Yeah. When I was in Kansas City, I was up on stage and I said something that I had never said before because I, I, I was like, look, think of turning off your basil as creating a pothole in the future that your blood yep. sugar is going to hit. Right. Exactly. And then. Someone I, from the audience said a black hole. And I was like, oh, that's so much better. Like, let's say that. Okay. So. You know, that's so, a good, yeah, yeah, that's a better one. Because it's, it, because it's just a complete, it's a vacuum, right? Yeah. So, so you've got this layer of, you know, one unit an hour of basal insulin that's, that's exists in you. But if you shut your basal off for an hour at noon and say it takes an hour for your basal to go out of you, that means around one o'clock, there's going to be this vast nothingness of basal. Right. And so if you had a drifting blood sugar, and it hit that black hole, it would all of a sudden, it would be weightless, right? It wouldn't have anything, pull, the gravity would be gone. There wouldn't There's be anything left to pull down. it down. And then you mm-hmm. could hit that spot and stay level. Right. And I, I, I'm so, like, I got done saying it and I, I celebrated a little bit and I could see a person down front looked at me weird. I'm like, I just thought of that just now. So <laughs> I'm, it's a good example and I'm just happy with myself. <laughs> just give me a second to I'm just a little, have, yeah. I'm have a little, little celebration. Dance, right? We're going to move on. It's going to be fine. 
you know what we should have? We should have those little, uh, what are those, those little popper packages, right? Where you can like pull them apart and they like explode. Like whenever you go to your con- your your, your um, conferences, you should bring those along. And if you have those like aha moments, you should pull one and <laughs> surprise the audience and yeah. be like, I just had a moment. <laughs> I think the surprise would be they'd stop coming. They'd be like, this guy's like doing Gallagher up Weird. here. He's going to break a watermelon soon. <laughs> um, there's an old reference nobody's going to get. I get it. Jenny really does get it, doesn't she? You know what else she gets? Education. Jennifer actually holds a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and biology from the University of Wisconsin. She's a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator, a certified trainer on most makes and models of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitoring systems. She's an active member of the American Diabetes Association, American Association of Diabetes Educators, and Team Wild. She is also a contributing author for Diabetes Sisters. What isn't Jenny? What isn't she? I don't know. She even likes cooking. Did you know that? All right, look. Now I've basically just read you like what they write about Jenny on integrated diabetes. If you want to hire her, go there. Look for that information and click on email Jennifer. There's also a link in the show notes of this episode where you can email Jenny directly. She really is terrific. I appreciate her coming on. What else do I appreciate? I think you know I'm going to say the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Give it a try today. At least go check it out. Please use my link if you do. If you can't use the link that's in the show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com, right on. Just type in contournextone.com into your browser. How about a little bit of an announcement about where I'm going to be upcoming in case you want to get some tickets and show up and be like, yo, that's Scott, the guy from the podcast. You can do that. On February 16th, I believe that's a Sunday, for the Greater Dallas Type 1 Nation event. If you want to find that without Googling, you can go to my Facebook page and go to events or go to juiceboxpodcast.com, scroll to the bottom and click on events. There's links there. So that's the Greater Dallas Type 1 Nation. I'm only doing one hour there that day. Um, Not the whole Juicebox Podcast extravaganza like you're going to get on February 29th in Georgia at the Type 1 Nation event. You guys are really going to love this one. I'm doing an hour on my own and then a second hour. You know who comes to join me? Jenny Smith. Isn't that cool? Jenny's going to go off and do her own thing. I'm going to do a little talky talk. And then as mine ends, she's going to roll in and we're going to do a Q&A together. Now, that's exciting if you're in the Atlanta area. Forget me. Honestly, meeting me is quite a letdown. But Jenny, hmm, that's what you're looking for. That's at the Georgia Tech Hotel and Conference Center. Actually, I'm sorry. The one in Dallas is in Irv- at the Irvine Convention Center. Is it Irving? I don't know what you guys say in Texas. It's spelled Irvine. It might be said Irving. Shamil Shamazel, I don't know. After that, on March 26th, speaking of Shamil Shamazel, in Appleton, Wisconsin, tickets are available now for that, too. That's a three-hour Bold with Insulin talk on a Thursday night, I think 5.30 to 8.30, straight through. Great conversation, Q&A with me, all about stuff you hear on the podcast. If you're out in Appleton, Wisconsin, or somewhere nearby where you have a sled dog and you can get to it, really would love to see you there. Those three events are all JDRF-sponsored events. Very cool for them to have me out. Uh, Stuff in the future, I don't know if you can get tickets for yet. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Touched by Type 1 in May, the end of May, in Orlando, Florida. And on August 22nd, the Type 1 Nation event in Richmond, Virginia. I am currently talking to people about doing something in October somewhere, which I won't mention yet. Might be a couple of them coming in October. But anyway, these are my events. I hope you can check them out. They're wonderful. And I'm not just saying they're wonderful because it's me and I believe they're wonderful. 
other people say they're wonderful too. So I obviously, I think they're wonderful because I mean, would I really show up and say something that I thought like, ah, oh, this is just okay. That would be silly. I am not, you all don't know me that well, but I am not getting on a plane and flying somewhere to do. That's just okay. We're going to deliver the goods when we show up. Okay. You're going to leave with some info. I'm comfortable saying that a, because obviously I have a narcissism that allows me to do that. I'm kidding for those of you who will now leave reviews that says this guy's really narcissistic. He even says it on the podcast. How wonderful of you to pick up on that. Those of you who don't seem to understand sarcasm and the, um, but the real reason I can say that is because I just got back from Oklahoma and I saw messages online. One of them was really touching. It's like a vlog, a vlog for you older folks is when people blog, but with video, you get it vlog. It's really, well, anyway, uh, and this person put a vlog out that was just touching about the talk that I gave. So, um, I'm there to motivate. I'm there to inspire. I'm there to answer as many questions as I can to try to set you on the ideas of the podcast. And of course, to take an incredible amount of selfies that make me feel self-conscious. That's why they call them selfies. Thanks very much for listening to the juice box podcast this week for leaving the really cool reviews that you guys left on iTunes recently, the social media posts, you know, that I see on Instagram and Facebook for your participation in the private Facebook group where people are trying to help each other, both adults and parents of children with type one. I really just appreciate the support overall. The reason I bring that up is because when I go out to these public events, I meet a lot of different people, different ages, different situations, different A1Cs, different goals. And I can tell you that when I leave, a lot of these people are better off than when I got there. And when you see some of their situations, it's hard to, uh, it's just hard. Not everybody's having the same success. So to be able to go around the country and find people who wouldn't find a podcast and to be able to help them or get them started or move them in the right direction is an incredibly, and this is overused by people all the time, but is an incredibly humbling feeling. And the fact of the matter is that I would not be in that situation to meet those people, to potentially help them if it wasn't for the success of the podcast. So every time you tell someone else about it and the lore of the podcast grows and it gets more downloads, that motivates people to ask me to come out and talk. So um, for the really good feelings I've had recently meeting people in person and for the private notes that I've received afterwards from those people after they see improvements in their health, I thank you for them. I thank you for myself. I really appreciate that you listen. And uh, I did a pretty good job of ending this episode on a real bummer. So uh, let me say something happy at the end. And it's personal, but still. My son is still home from college. He actually goes back in a couple of days. And I was sitting at my desk late last night, getting this episode together a little bit, getting ready to edit it today. And he came in and he sat with me for a little bit. And we got talking about a bunch of other stuff. And he asked me what I was reading. And I was reading an email from one of you. And it's lovely and personal. Uh, but my son got to see what I do, which was very nice. He doesn't know, really. You know what I mean? Like, he knows I have a podcast. He knows it's about diabetes. But he got to hear from a person who said, some really kind things about the podcast. And I think he was proud of me. So that was really nice. You guys did that too. 
Keep sending the emails. Keep being bold. You're all going to do fine. It's going to get better if it's not going better. And if it's going great, sky's the limit. Keep going. I'm proud of all of you. I'll see you soon.